0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode here on the T. Clark Nutrition Podcast. So just to give you guys some context, I recorded about half an episode and realized that my microphone was not plugged in. So that happened. Um, But nonetheless, the show must go on. I must say, it was a really good episode. So um, I'll try to replicate it as best as I can in this scenario. But what we're talking about today is the importance of having metrics within your nutrition program? I'm not talking about like metrics, like like the scale and progress pictures and stuff like that. We all know that you got to have ways to assess progress. But what I want to focus on in this podcast is metrics to control for aspects of the actual nutrition program, because I see a lot of people just guessing when it comes to their nutrition. And before we get into the topic, as always, have a few announcements and favors to ask of you. Um, If you haven't already, go ahead and drop a five-star rating and review down below if you find this podcast helpful. If I provide value to you in any way, um, if you learn a few things, go ahead and drop a five-star rating and review. It helps us grow on the iTunes charts. The more we grow, the more people we can help together. And secondly, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode, share it on your Instagram story, tag me in it, and let me know what your biggest takeaway was. From this episode what you learned that way i can get to know who's listening to the podcast and what you want to hear on the podcast going forward because i love taking feedback from you guys and actually doing episodes on topics that you guys want to hear about so be sure to give me your feedback what do you want to learn about next just shoot me a dm on instagram and i always respond last but not least if you haven't downloaded the athlete's guide to nutritional periodization i would highly suggest that you do so especially if you're an athlete since it teaches you exactly how to build an individualized nutrition program for you based on your goals for your sport so you can perform optimally when it really matters. And also look pretty damn good and feel pretty damn good at the same, not at the same time, because as we'll talk about in the book, um, nutritional prioritization is the solution to that. But you'll have to read the book to find out more about that. So go ahead and click the link down below, enter in your name, email, and it's all yours for free. With that being said, Let's get into the actual topic of today's episode, which, like I said, is the importance of metrics within your nutrition program. Because a lot of times I see people guessing when it comes to what they're doing in terms of their nutrition. They say they want to gain muscle. They say they want to lose fat. They say they want to perform better in their desired sport. But when you ask them, oh, how are you eating? They're like, oh, you're pretty healthy. What does that even mean? What does healthy mean? Healthy can mean a million different things to a million different people. There's no strict measure of or metrics for quantity or quality. There actually, there, I do think there are metrics for quality, like number of servings of veggies per day, number of servings for fruit, of number, no, number of servings of fruit per day. can't speak English. Um, stuff like that. So there are ways to measure quality, but what I want to focus on in this episode is quantity because for most people that's where you got to be looking at right now a lot of people jump to higher components of the nutrition pyramid the reality is quantity is at the foundation if you don't have that down you're not going to achieve your goals of muscle gain fat loss or performance and of course the most effective way to make sure you have metrics for quality or quantity excuse me is to track your macros because literally you have numbers for calories and then grams of each specific macro that you can play with depending on the goal which you're trying to achieve and there's no question about it it's the most effective and efficient way to achieve a specific result in a relatively short time period i say re- i say relatively short because of course it still takes time it still takes hard work it's not like fast pass to result but when you compare to Hand sized portions or like intuitive eating or stuff like that. Sure, those things can work, and I'm going to talk about in this episode how you can make those things work for you when it comes to achieving your goals. But there's no doubt about it that tracking macros is the most effective way to achieve a very specific goal because you have very specific variables which you can tweak to achieve that very specific goal. And notice how I said effective, the most effective, not the best, because For some people, tracking macros just isn't their thing. And for a lot of people, when they're first starting out in their nutrition journey, tracking macros is not where you should be starting. Like I have a whole checklist of things and criteria that we got to check off before I ever take a client into tracking their macros, like portion sizes, like meal schedules throughout the day, hydration, being in the gym, training. Like, and a lot more stuff, which honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head right now, partly because it's 9 p.m. at night um, and I haven't had coffee since this morning. <laughs> but the point being, there is a checklist of criteria that we've got to meet before someone's even ready to track macros. Because what I see a lot of people doing is like just jumping right into macros. And for some people, it works. I have some clients that we just started and they're like, they're ready they are foaming at the mouth to start tracking macros and that's awesome. Cool. That works for you. Great. But what I have a problem with is like you look around on Instagram, you see coaches like really quote unquote niche down and pick like one methodology and really just run with it. And look, I don't have anything against picking one methodology and really focusing on that and saying like, okay, I do this with all of my clients, if you don't, if you're not a fan of this, or if you don't prefer this, it doesn't fit best for you. You're probably not a good fit for my program. I don't have a problem with that at all. That's totally fine. Um, what I do have a problem with is coaches picking one methodology and painting it as the like absolute best way to achieve something. Like for, let's take macros, for example. And look, I'm not blasting macros because look, I am one of the biggest proponents of tracking macros. I I, I love it. I use it for myself. use it for the vast majority of my clients. um, And it's very effective. But nonetheless, I'm not out there touting it as the best way to do anything. Yeah, I said it's the most effective way to achieve a specific result. But it's not effective if someone just can't stick to it because it doesn't fit best for their lifestyle. It might not be the best approach for everyone. And I acknowledge that. And the unfortunate part is, like, it's not fashionable to acknowledge that. It's not really fashionable to be like, you know what? I don't really specialize in a, in a specific methodology when it comes to nutrition, but I just do whatever is best for that individual client. Not the most flashy marketing tactic. And that's why you see on Instagram. So many coaches just like, oh, this is the best way to do this. This is the best way to do that. In reality the best thing for one person is completely different than the best thing for another person. But nonetheless, that's a tangent. And what I'm really focusing on in this episode is like, why is it important to track quantity and how you can actually do that? Of course, tracking macros, very obvious how you track quantity there and how you have metrics for quantity in that approach to dieting, that approach to nutrition. How about if you don't want to track macros? Let's say you're just not ready for it yet. Or you had a bad experience with it in the past, and for whatever reason, you just don't want to do it. And you're just really opposed to it. And no matter what anyone says, no matter what I say, no matter what any other coach says, you're just really opposed to tracking macros. Or maybe it's just not your thing. Um, There are ways that you can control for quantity within a nutritional approach that doesn't require tracking macros. Like, plenty of people have achieved fat loss, have achieved muscle gain, have achieved high levels of performance without even counting a calorie it's totally doable and i would say first and foremost the most not the most effective way but like one very effective way of controlling quantity within a nutritional approach that doesn't use macros within it is to just control meal frequency and the number of meals you have throughout the day and i'm not i want to make it very clear that i'm not saying that the number of meals you have throughout the day is going to affect your metabolism in any way, shape, or form. Like the whole thing of like, oh, small, frequent meals throughout the day stokes the fire of your metabolism. Yeah, that's complete BS. Um, But when it comes to meal timing and meal frequency throughout the day, where it is useful, it's just like you can play with it to elicit changes in quantity. So for example, let's say someone eats three meals a day, very consistent, like, they're almost robotic with it. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a given every single day. And let's say their goal is to try to gain some muscle. This person's a hard, a quote-unquote, hard gainer. It's whatever they do, they're in the gym training super hard. Can't seem to put on size. They're eating those three meals a day. Those three meals a day are relatively similar in structure. We'll get to that in a second. But they're relatively similar in structure. And he's kind of at a loss of what to do. Well, by, by manipulating meal frequency and meal timing and meal schedules throughout the day. What I would do in that case is just add one extra meal. That way you're not tracking calories, but you know you're adding calories to your total daily intake, especially if that meal is structured exactly like the other, the other three you're adding a significant number of calories that should put him into a calorie surplus. If he's lifting weights in the gym, just the addition of that fourth meal, is going to elicit a calorie surplus and elicit muscle growth. Simple as that. No tracking macros, which required. (laughs) The one thing I will say with this approach, though, is that it requires the the structure of the meals, which we'll get into in just a second. That's another way to adjust for quantity. But it requires the scheduling and the, the total number of meals and the structure of the meals to remain relatively constant over the course of the time while you're trying to achieve this goal. Because if you have three meals, but one's huge, one's really small, another one's really small, If if the sizes are inconsistent, you don't really have a baseline to work with when it comes to adding in another meal or taking one out and stuff like that. So what I will say, one of the pitfalls of this approach is that you have to be pretty consistent with what the structure of your meals looks like. But at the same time, knowing how to structure your meals is a very important, skill to have when it comes to nutrition because regardless of if you're tracking macros or not ideally you want a protein source a carb source a fat source and a veggie in there like that's a given Um, so you could say it's a pitfall that you have to be really really consistent with the with the meal structure but i would say it might even be a benefit because that teaches you the skill of how to structure your meals whereas if you're just straight up tracking macros with no regard for meal structure meal timing it's just like, oh, you know what? This ice cream fits in my macros, so I'm going to have this ice cream. Straight carbs and fat, very little protein. And I wouldn't consider that a meal right there. Um, so hopefully that makes sense. So, yeah, the first way that I would control for quantity in an approach that doesn't track macros is to manipulate the number of meals that you have throughout the day. So if you're, you keep the calorie content and the structure of those meals relatively the same, If you want to gain weight, just add a meal, assess from there. If your weight goes up, awesome, you found a calorie surplus. If it doesn't go up, add another meal, reassess from there. If you want to lose weight, subtract a meal. So maybe you're eating four meals a day, go down to three. I wouldn't go below three. Once you get to three, I'd probably go to adjusting portion sizes, which I'll talk about in just a second, like I've been alluding to. Um, but I, i probably wouldn't go below three for most people if you want to do a little bit of an intermittent fasting type thing maybe you could go with two but definitely not lower than two one meal a day there's this whole thing with that um anecdotally some people have success with it but i'm not going to go too deep into that on this episode um for most people i wouldn't recommend that just from an adherence standpoint it's not the easiest thing to stick to (laughs) <laughs> but I would keep it minimum two meals a day, ideally probably three for most people um, unless you have a really busy schedule and you're you're fine with with that. but hopefully you guys see how that works um and then as far as performance, here is really subjective it's like if, if you feel good, you feel like you're you're getting strength in the gym um you're able to last and have decent endurance during like your your team sport practice or or workout or whatever. Awesome. You're probably fine, but same thing. If you feel like you're low energy, consider adding another meal in. See how you feel. Are you, it's your strength going up? Do you feel better on the court or on the field? If so, awesome. If not, maybe add another meal. And the same thing as you. You don't want to get too low with the meals. I find that like going above five meals a day is a little bit excessive. And once you get to that point, you probably want to play with portion sizes. But again, it's up to you. If you if seven meals a day is your thing, then cool go for it but for me that would just mean i'm eating all the time and i don't want that so hopefully that makes sense that's the first way to play with quantity when it comes to a nutritional approach which doesn't involve tracking macros the second way that i'm going to talk about and the final way so there's really there's there's more than two ways but i really just want to focus on two ways here because i feel like this is the most applicable and simple to just go and implement um the second way is to adjust portion sizes. So let's say you're good with three meals a day. You don't have time to add another another meal in. That's going to be a hassle. Um, you're good with three meals a day, but you want to let's say you want to gain muscle. So you're going to want to structure each meal pretty uniformly. So you're going to want to have a protein source. So usually one to two palm-sized servings of protein with that meal. You're going to want to have a carb source. It's going to be starchy carbs or fruit. Um, just fall into that category you're going to want to have one to two cupped handfuls when it comes to fat you're going to want to have one to two thumb size portions i know that one's a little weird um one thumb equates to roughly one tablespoon so if you want that helps you visualize it a little bit better and lastly you're going to want to have one to two fist size servings of veggies with each meal that's a baseline if you go look at precision nutrition and stuff, that's what they teach over there. That's where I learned that technique. That gives you a baseline. And it let's see you have three meals a day following that exact structure. Now let's say you want to gain some weight. What I would do is add an extra one to two handfuls of carbs to one or two of the meals throughout the day. That'll increase the calories. Assuming everything else stays relatively the same and uniform, adding that extra one to two handfuls of carbs going to bring up the calories and we'll see if it takes you into a calorie surplus if you start gaining weight at a rate which you desire awesome we found that calorie surplus great work if not you might want to add an extra one to two handful of carbs to those meals and the reason why i'm using carbs is in this example is for muscle growth because you want the carbs to fuel your performance it's going to be a bit more effective than increasing fat but if you can't stomach any more carbs, then you can also increase the fat and maybe add one or two thumb size portions of fat to your meals throughout the day. Protein, for the most part, will stay relatively constant. I guess you could manipulate that up. I wouldn't go lower than. I guess you can't really go lower than one palm size serving. Maybe like a half. I wouldn't go lower than one palm size serving. I would just manipulate that up if like from a preference standpoint, or maybe in a fat loss phase, if you want to take advantage of the thermic effect of protein, the thermic effect of food of protein, um, and satiety effects and stuff like that, maybe you could manipulate that up. But the key takeaway is that you can manipulate the portion sizes of each macronutrient to achieve a calorie surplus, a calorie deficit, or caloric maintenance, whichever you desire for your specific goal. And again, the one kind of – I guess it could be considered a pitfall is that you have to be pretty consistent with, with what those meals look like as far as the structure, protein, carb, fat, and veggie, and how much of these things, like the palm size syringes, the fist size servings, the handfuls, that stuff. you got to be pretty consistent with that because if you're not consistent – You don't know if you're actually adding calories to your total daily intake, and you don't know if you're achieving that calorie surplus, or you don't know if you're achieving that calorie depth, so you just don't know, so you've got to be pretty consistent, and again, I guess you could look at it both ways. One, it could be a downfall because if you look at macros, you can literally fit whatever you want in there, and it doesn't have to abide by a certain structure. Ideally, I I teach my clients to still follow the structure while they're tracking macros because I do think it's a valuable life skill, but depending on who you talk to, it's like, oh ice cream okay let me fit this in it's my macros cool is ice cream a complete balanced meal absolutely not same thing with like if someone wants to just have let's see like a handful of nuts that's not bad at all but it can get really easy to over consume and and if you don't have anything else to like kind of balance it out if you don't have any guidelines for like what that portion size of nuts should look like it can be really easy to go over on the fat goal um so Definitely, there's there's pros and cons to each approach. If you're someone that likes a little bit more variety, maybe tracking macros would be a little bit better. But if you're cool with being really consistent with the meal structures and you'd rather do that than weigh out your food or track macros, then the hand-sized portions and playing with portion sizes might be a valid approach for you. Same thing, the portions and the number of meals throughout the day kind of go hand in hand. What I will say, though, is if you're going to make an adjustment, adjust one variable at a time. So don't go and add a whole other meal in and then also increase the portion of carbs in each meal. Instead, try adding a meal in, see what happens. If you then want to add some carbs in to each meal, add the carbs in, but only change one variable at a time. It's the same with tracking macros, really. Um... You just want to change one variable at a time, like you don't want to overwhelm yourself. And be like, because if you if you switch two variables at a time, awesome, it might work really well, and you might elicit the result you want to see. But you don't know what actually was that tipping point, what made you actually achieve that result. So hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully what we've talked about on today's episode makes a ton of sense. I think it's really important to touch on multiple facets of nutrition because like I said, a lot of people get myoply, myopically focused on one area and it can be really easy to do so. I know like on my Instagram, I'm, I'm a pretty, bri- I'm a, wow, I can't talk. Um, I'm a pretty big proponent of tracking macros. I do think it's very beneficial. And for a lot of people, it provides a way to be a little more flexible with your nutrition within reason. Of course, I'm not one of those people. I like, have a cupcake every single night. Not me. But it provides you more flexibility. So on a special occasion, when you want to fit some stuff in, you can fit it in and not feel guilty about it because you know you are within your caloric budget. And also it gives us those very specific variables to play with. And you know you're actually changing something there. So that's why I'm a pretty big proponent of tracking macros. But there's definitely other approaches, like I just um, showed you guys here. And I actually just got off a coaching call before recording this podcast or we're taking him through an approach like this, but we're not tracking macros. Dude has a crazy schedule. Last thing he needs is some more stress on that. And for someone who's never tracked macros before, it is a little bit of a stress. Like I acknowledge that. I'm, I'm the first one to say it's not going to be an overnight thing that you get tracking right away. Um, it takes time. And in this client's case, we figured it, it would be more effective. Literally all we're doing this week is just focusing on Three meals a day, relatively the same structure with each meal. That's going to give us our baseline. And then from there, we can adjust as necessary. And he's going to be crushing his fat loss goals in no time. But that being said, that brings us to the end of the episode. It's getting late over here. I don't want to say over here. It's getting late, um, 9, 15 p.m. I've got to really start recording the podcast in the morning when I'm overly caffeinated? Actually, I don't know. Do you guys enjoy a caffeinated Tommy or not caffeinated Tommy? i am be curious. Right now, I feel like this is a really, really good conversation. I feel like the caffeinated version. i It's the caffeinated. I'm talking about myself in the third person. But like when I'm caffeinated, I feel like I can ramble a little bit more. But I'll, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But without boring you guys any further, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you got something out of it. Hopefully it helped shed some light on another point of view. If you have any questions about this approach, any questions about anything that I covered in this episode or anything in general, y'all know where to find me to shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm always happy to help out. Always respond to my DMs. They're always open or you can shoot me an email. Um, at tclarknutrition at gmail.com always will respond there too wherever is easiest for you like i said go grab that copy of the athlete's guide to nutritional prioritization and last but not least just share this episode with one person who you think it could benefit if you know someone who you've been trying to convince to track macros because you love tracking macros but they just won't budge show them this episode again not to convince them to track macros but just to show them there's another way So if that's their excuse to not get started with their nutrition, they don't have that excuse anymore. So go ahead and share this with one person who you think it could benefit. And yeah, with that being said, I'm going to say, hopefully you guys have a great rest of your night, but I just realized you're going to be hearing this in the morning. So I guess that could technically apply, but depending on where you're listening to this, have a great rest of your morning, rest of your day, rest of your evening. I don't know, but this was a really fun episode to record and hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning.